right. Hello, everyone. This is Tommy Barbie, and I am joined by the delightful and lovely Keelan Blue. And this is the Southside Sox podcast, aka your killer bees, um, ready in action. <laughs> and uh, Keelan, is there anything that you would like to jump in and say to introduce yourself to the world? Yes, I'm Keelan. Nice to meet you. And go White Sox. <laughs> you're, you're still go White Sox, even with the uh, latest and greatest news. I am. Um, I am still a new enough fan that I'm in the ride or die category. Um, but I think like most people, I am surprised. It's not what I expected. Uh, but, you know, I think for me, I love the team. And I know a lot of those guys, uh, you know, they probably didn't have a big hand in making the decision. So, yeah, for me, I think I'm just going to watch what unfolds and maybe be a little scared. And <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot to unpack here. Um, for, yes. for those of you that, you know, haven't heard or, or been under a rock or willfully ignorant over the last uh, 48 hours, all of the rumors and smoke in the rumor mill turned out to be true. And the White Sox did, in fact, hire Tony La Russa, um, the 76-year-old uh, former manager of the Cardinals, A's and White Sox, um, to a multi-year contract. And He's been largely um, out of baseball in any sort of hands-on way for the last nine years. Um, But, you know, he's always been a very close ally of uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, Rick Hahn kind of seemed like a um, hostage victim uh, for most of the (laughs) um, for most of the presser, to be completely honest. Um, I it's very clear it wasn't his decision. Um, Mm. It's very clear that the Sox players weren't really involved in any of these conversations, which I think is strange given that they had an active role um, even in the trade deadline, which is a little bit unusual. Um, So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds because um, at the time of LaRusso's announcement and his, original presser he hadn't talked to any of the players yet um there hasn't been anything on social media from any of the players either to kind of indicate (sighs) one way or another um but yeah i mean i i'm sure i'm in the minority i prefer this over aj hench um i wouldn't trust aj hench to drive my kids to school let alone manage (laughs) a baseball team for 162 games um but I it's it's very difficult to find somebody as polarizing a figure as Tony Larusa. Um, basically, bring him out of retirement after being away for nearly a decade, and introduce him to one of the youngest teams in baseball. Um, it, it's just it's a very tall order. If it was somebody that was a little bit more open minded, I would mm-hmm. say that I feel a little bit more confident about it, even if it's a risky move, but this just, 
there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. And actually, um, you know, I know him being out for quite a bit of time. Obviously, that's not good um, as from like a managerial perspective. But then also, Tommy, if you don't mind me asking, I am curious from your standpoint, as you are a black man, I am very curious, like how you're feeling about some of the things we've seen out there, like, you know, that he's not really supportive of people protesting the anthem and, and you know, I, there's some other stuff out there. Um, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as upset about that as other people are. I, I just, mm -hmm. I look at it more in terms of the cult culture clash where you're looking at an almost 80 year old white man managing a team full of <laughs> early 20 um largely uh cuban and latinx players that are you know they're known for their energy they're known for their flamboyant nature you have tim anderson who's still even if he didn't do a bat flip this past season, he's still known for his bat flips. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it doesn't really mesh to me. Um, and more to the point of like the, you know, is he or is he not racist? I, I think even more so going before the um, anthem protest uh, sound bites that he had, there was a lot of smoke around the Cardinals organization in particular, and even a little bit before that with a player uh, named Ron Gant in particular that Tony LaRusa clashed with a ton. Mm -hmm. And I think both sides were at fault, but it was Ron Gant that came out in the 90s and even accused Tony LaRusa of racism and favoritism. And Yikes. that, you <laughs> <Great>. know... <laughs> And, you know, basically said, hey, there's a reason why all of these very specific black players didn't like playing for Tony La Russa. And yeah. that's where I don't think it's necessarily a racism issue. I think it's more he he is an old school, grindy, hard ass kind of guy. And mm -hmm. that doesn't fit with everybody. And when you talk about generational differences, I don't think it can be understated because um, something I brought up on on Twitter recently, I said, you know, think about how hard of a time Phil Jackson had coming out of retirement to coach yeah. um, for the Lakers. And, you know, he's a hippie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I was actually thinking about that, about like what kind of coach would fit in now. And I was like, kind of like a Phil Jackson type that just lets like people be people. But yeah, I mean, to that point, like even he had a hard time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't strange. think, I don't think you win if like the only reason why I think Phil Jackson was able to do it was because he had Kobe Bryant and, and Shaq who basically were the catalyst for those teams. But you look mm -hmm. at what happened when he tried to recreate that same magic with the Knicks and some of the more controversial things that he had said about LeBron James and his posse and all those different types of, you know, hot button issues. And it's just like there, you can't 
understate how difficult it is to relate to players that are 50, almost 60 years younger than you. Like, if, yeah. unless you're a part of that every single day, it, you just can't walk right in and expect to master that. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, this, this doesn't even include, like, all of the responsibilities that are part of being a major league baseball manager like that. This is just the personality um, and interrelationship skills that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting. There was one thing I read, not really uh, kind of related to generational things, but also that I was thinking about just even related to uh, like Sox fans that I thought was interesting. Um, I read that, uh, Larissa sued Twitter um, because there was a fake page established under his name, and he claimed that he had suffered significant emotional distress and damaged her reputation because of the profile. The fake profile made several distasteful references to Larissa and his team, according to the suit. And to me, that was like just watching the reaction yesterday on White Sox Twitter. Uh, that's one thing that I think is interesting because we have like a pretty pretty sassy bunch. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out did, as well, culturally. Did you see his tweet this morning? Yes, I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, for for a tough guy, I don't know how thick of skin he really has, but it, it was just kind of interesting to see him address that already, where it's like, yeah, I got a lot of comments, some supportive and some not. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you already know. Yeah, and welcome to being a manager. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and the other the other part of this too is that I think, you know, Rick Hahn clearly isn't happy. Um, I know that there are some rumblings out there that he is, you know, either considered or was close to quitting just because he was so pissed off about being, um, you know, blatantly kind of overwritten for Mm -hmm. whatever his personal choice was. But, you know, at the same time, if he's sticking around, I have to think that Jerry Reinsdorf is just kind of saying, hey, I I know that I'm overstepping here, but this is what I think is the right move. And if it's any consolation, I'm going to open up the checkbook for you. Yeah, uh, I hope that is the case, because if so, I don't know what else he has, you know, like what else is there? Um, And this is like a pretty big. I mean, he's. He's kind of been shit on a little. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, so, you know, this, this isn't the first time either. Yeah. Also, I read that, like, haven't they not interviewed a candidate and said no since, like, 2003 or something like that? Yeah. And that's that's where my issue is with this whole process is that, you know, it makes Han look like a liar to go out there and say, oh, this time it's going to be different and we are going to go through our process and we have certain candidates in mind that have a recent history of success. And then you find the first person that you can find off the street and it's not even Han that's making the phone call, it's Reinsdorf. Yeah, I mean, they could have picked up anybody they could have picked up me (laughs) really bad well clearly you don't have the (laughs) legendary experience that they're looking for that's true but 
I can do steroids and give people steroids. If <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that, that is the other <laughs> thing. Like when, when you think about it, like if, if Hinch was completely out because of the cheating scandal, I don't see how you could view Larusa in much better light. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's again, it's like you could argue it's a different time, but I feel like that supports the the thing that, you know, he's been in it so long that it is like culturally, where is he at? But that, well, but also that late 80s Oakland A's team was like the most roided up team ever. <laughs> I, I mean, they they were it was like muscle beach playing baseball basically where you just had guys that were unnaturally large, just hitting home runs, which, you know, that's great that it worked and, you know, they won a world series, but I, I just, I, there's, there's a lot to navigate through with him. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I'm only speculating, but it's interesting to think about that with these young guys who are like very talented and with just all of the changes in general around steroid usage or like performance enhancing drugs and these young guys who seem like I'm speculating, totally speculating, but they seem like, you know, all naturally talented. Maybe there's something going on back there, but it seems like a good group of guys and having somebody come in uh, that's had that kind of experience and promoted it. You know, that's kind of interesting to think about. And I am, I'm interested to know when we're going to hear a bit more from some of the players. I saw some stuff come out this morning um, about some reactions from them. They're not public yet, but I'm curious about if we'll hear more. Yeah, I mean, I think based on the reaction from baseball at large, there there will be kind of a uh, gentle rollout and, and some sort of welcome campaign. Um, I thought it was pretty telling when the White Sox released a PDF of um, <laughs> quotes from former players like that somehow is going to make people feel better about the decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's just it's it shouldn't have evolved this way. Like, you know, it's fine if they really wanted to hire Larusa. I just wish they had done at least a little bit more um at least pretended like it was going to be a more thorough search yeah. than, than what it was. Yeah. Well now like it is painful, I guess, to watch. And I, I'm not gonna lie, like yeah, I also was like, ugh, I don't know about AJ Hinch. Like from the beginning when uh, Ricky Renteria was fired. I was like, okay, but who are we going to hire? Like, that's the thing that worried me. And I could never like, I was worried from the, from when he was fired because I was like, now what? Because who is available? And, you know, the name started popping up and I was like, I don't know. Is this really better? Depending on what you think of as better. Like some people measure, measure like this being a great thing by, I want to get to the World Series. I don't care about anything else. Let's go. Um, and some yeah. people care more about like the culture stuff. Like right, and yeah. you know, I mean, they're both problematic in their own ways. I really thought AJ Hench was kind of a smokescreen for a different hire. Um, 
somebody that I was personally pushing for pretty hard was uh, Bob Guerin of the Dodgers. Actually, mm-hmm. he's their bench coach. And, you know, I, I think it just doesn't add up in the sense that there was all of this tension supposedly between Ricky Renneria and Rick Hahn mm-hmm. over use of analytics, use of scouting reports, use of data. And if that is the problem where they need somebody that they can either effectively control or is going to be on the exact same page as the rest of the organization, mm-hmm. I don't see Tony LaRusso being that guy, considering, you know, he screams, you know, I'm Tony effing LaRusso everywhere he goes. <laughs> I mean, the dude had his own baseball game for the longest time. So it's like he he is in his own mind, a specific type of icon that I don't see taking orders or direction from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I I shared yesterday on Twitter, I shared the, his whole DUI video, which, you know, I'm not going to beat the guy up for getting a DUI. Like it's not good. It's not a good look, but I know plenty of people who've gotten a DUI and it was like, okay, it was an accident. It's not a good look though, especially when you're, working but there was a point in his video where he was being interviewed by the police and he asked them like do you know do you know what I do which I thought was exactly very telling and like oh god you know that's not (laughs) that's never good it doesn't matter what situation it is when somebody says that it's like oh lord do you know who I am yeah Yeah. (laughs) like the (laughs) ultimate like well you're an asshole (laughs) question like I don't need to know anything else yeah so that kind of thing is interesting um, as well going into this, like the DUI in general, but then also his response to it is, ugh, like you said, it's like got a video game named after me. Um, yeah. But I am curious too, like about the analytics aspect of things, because I know that was something that, you know, people have been wanting a little bit more of um, in consideration. And I, I have seen that like Tony Larusa. He had like early on, and I don't know if that's still the case, they were using stats or he was using stats a bit yep. more early on. Yeah. So that is, yeah. Okay. Okay. That is something that I am interested. Like, will that translate now? Because I know that was earlier, like, I think it says 1990. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it will. Um, he's always been. Like, despite being old school and a hard ass, like he's always been incredibly progressive um, when it comes to his approach to baseball. So um, there there was something that I had tweeted out where I was like, he was Moneyball before Moneyball was a thing. And mm-hmm. it's true. Like he was the, you know, the guy that had your pitcher hitting eighth instead of ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, he experimented with lineups a lot earlier than most managers did. He really, um, you know, reformed the idea of bullpen management and how to use closers in situations where it's not necessarily the worst pitcher, which is what it used to be. It was like, you know, you're not good enough to be a starter, so go to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. He really reformed it into being, you know, we need guys that can step up in these high-pressure situations and deliver. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, he's very... Honestly, he's very revolutionary in that sense, and I don't see that necessarily going away. But at the same time, like 
anybody is going to have their own preferences in terms of how they manage that. Mm -hmm. And while he might be comfortable with the data and scouting that he is used to using from his last 20, 30 years of managing, mm -hmm. he may not be as responsive to new ideas. And that that's what we'll have to see is whether or not it translates to more modern um, analytics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that will be interesting. And um, I think too, like talking about all of this and just seeing the reactions from people, uh, I think it's interesting because the focus has been from general, like the general public, not everybody for sure. The focus has been on like, quite frankly, like he's old and like, it's been a bit in my opinion, ageist, even though I've totally, oh, yeah, it has been. Those, those thoughts. yeah, but it has been like, you know, he's old, like no, no backup to any, any claims about that. And, you know, although it's like in a sense age, might not matter there are things like you just pointed out with the stats that are like okay that's something to consider and a part of that is that he's just been out so long that's not really an age-related thing necessarily that's like he hasn't been a manager for 10 years exactly so, yeah 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 that's been something interesting going around and and i think just in context with this year with the uh, u.s presidential election all of this is very interesting um, you know, because it's like, that is something to think about, you know, like we, I don't want to like beat the guy down. He could totally do an awesome job. There's plenty of people who are older that function and do a great job, but you know, just like anything as you age, there's a lot of things that change like cognitively, physically. And that's just kind of how it is. It's, you know, we don't want to be rude about it, even though it is an easy, it's like low hanging fruit to make fun of. Um, but I do wonder how that stuff will play out and what we what people will attribute to age versus like oh he's been out of the game for for 10 years yeah and you know i i think the other part of it too is that he's always been very close with jerry reinsdorf and reinsdorf mm -hmm. has always said that when hawk harrelson fired larusa that was like one of the moments that has haunted him over his course of ownership for, you know, a million years. So mm -hmm. I, I think it is also the undercurrent of you had one of the very few Latin managers in the game in a league that's primarily, you know, Latin. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you fired him. And instead of even pretending like you're going through some sort of process and trying to be more progressive in your outlook and evaluating potential managers that are out there, you instead hired literally the you know oldest white guy that's a friend of Jerry <laughs> Reinsdorf that you could find. And you know, I think yeah. there is there's a lot to that because we there's always been conversations around how to make baseball more representative of the country that, you know, that founded the sport and mm -hmm. it isn't, you know, stuff like this doesn't necessarily help. No, totally. No. And it's, I think that's why it's so like for me, I mean, well, I think we all saw the writing on the wall once all of the rumors started coming out, but that is why it's surprising because it's kind of like, come on, like, read the room. 
and the room is not being read which is like in some ways not surprising that's the thing like should i be surprised probably not but i still but it's still surprising yeah and that's that's white Sox fandom in a nutshell (laughs) yeah it's a good intro for me as a newer newer fan i'm like hell yeah okay welcome yes (laughs) (laughs) it's great (laughs) love it so we will take a quick break uh to you know pay some bills and get some commercials and when we come back we will talk more about the off-season plans for the white Sox. all right welcome back we are you know we've spent the last part of our podcast um beating up poor old tony (laughs) larusso We said good things about him. Too. I know. I'm just <laughs> being asked because I can. Um, we have to give the people what they want. <laughs> they want us to beat him up. And so, he deserves some beating up. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking forward to the future. I mean, I, I truly do think that this throws a wrench in most people's off-season's pl- off-season plans. But what do you foresee happening in terms of... Um, you know, trades, free agency, anything like that. Is there something that you are definitely looking forward to or expecting this offseason? So I am very interested to know what's going to happen with the pitching. Um, I know there, yes, and I think what you said, like this throws some wrench in some plans. Um, to a certain extent, I think, yes. Um, and we've already seen some things floating around about out about there, um, like Marcus Stroman, what's going to happen with him um, now that, you know, we've got Tony Larusa. how will that affect our chances with him? And he spoke out on Twitter and said, like, no, you guys don't need to speculate about this. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of money that could ride on him, hopefully. Um, but I would be, I'm interested to see how that all pans out and with him and other people, um, how that will go. But I think even before getting to the players, I am interested to see staffing changes. So like who is going to be our pitching coach? Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to be bench coach changes. Like I'm very interested in all of that because just, I think whoever the coach is, for all of these things like that changes my outlook on who a player might be because some, some of those players aren't going to mesh with whoever certain coaches are. And to me, that's a bit more important. Like who is the right person under this staff? So that's yeah. kind of where I've pivoted to rather than yeah. like, who is good. That no, that's a really good point. And, you know, I, I do think coaching will be huge. Um, I'm trying to remember which team did it now. I want to say it was the Rangers, but they hired uh, two pitching coaches, actually. Um, And that is that I know Steve Stone has talked a lot about. um, And even in terms of hitting coaches, it's something that uh, Hawk Harrelson has talked about a lot. And I, I could definitely see an opportunity to have a more robust um, coaching staff to help with the development of the young players, but also um, have, have somebody there that can work with the veterans too. Um, Yeah. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I do think that that 
that's going to be the wave of the future um, just because pitching in particular has become so specialized. Um, yeah. But I, I do like personally, I, I pretty much had been focusing solely on um, pitching for free agency and kind of had uh, Stroman as that number one signing for the Sox. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Bauer makes a lot of sense, but I cannot see him getting along with Tony LaRusso. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be, I think, so I think for most people who know me, I've made my opinions about uh, Trevor Bauer clear, and I'm more of a, like, and again, I will say, I am a newer fan, so I haven't experienced, like, the pain as long as other people. Um, but you know, I, I think, and I don't think this will change no matter what for me, uh, with my other fandoms, I'm the same way, but like, I'm more of a, a personality and like integrity matters to me. To oh, players. absolutely. Yeah. No, not just, I mean, just, just to be clear, winning. I, I, I don't want Trevor Bauer anywhere near the Chicago <laughs> city limits. So I don't want to sound like I'm encouraging this to happen. Um, no, but anything, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also I just, I'll, in, in all honesty, like if the season ends up being a shit show and Bauer's on the team, I would pay money just to watch a cage match between Trevor Bauer and Tony Larusa, yes. and forget about the baseball game altogether. So I just agree that out there. Yeah, I'm in the same. I feel exactly the same right now. I'm like, well, we've done this. We've hired Tony Larusa. So honestly, like. Before, you know, there were all these things playing out in my head where I was like, this is bad. This is going to be bad. This could be bad. But now this has happened. And I'm like, whatever. Fuck it. Let's mm-hmm. just let's do this thing. Like, that would be very interesting to me to see those two together. So on the one hand, I'd be like, oh, my God. But on the other hand, I'd be like, well, at least we're keeping it interesting. It's not yeah. like, at least <laughs> if it's going to be sad in Let, some let's ways. be entertaining and awful, you know, exactly. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like. Yeah, it'll at least be like, okay, well, here we go. Here's our team. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I personally would say that you probably get a good portion of the performance at a much cheaper price by signing Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also like to see them bring Quintana back. Mm-hmm. And I also think it makes a lot of sense to bring in Kluber, who would be a lot cheaper than Bauer, uh, than Bauer, but also has a ton of upside if he can stay healthy. And, you know, there, there are a lot of options there that I think makes sense. And it gives you the flexibility to trade some of the young pitching that the Sox have accumulated and mm-hmm. get a actual right fielder that can hit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, like you said, outside of the pitching, there is right field to consider. Um, I don't know. What do you have? Are you speculating on that? Or do you have anything on your wish list for that? Um, I don't have anyone in particular on my wish list yet. I think it'll depend on um, kind of how the rest of the, um, you know, who, what, what teams decide to hold on to certain players or, you know, add qualifying offers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. and just see what the landscape looks like before committing to anything. But yeah. there there are teams that 
I think the Sox probably could have made moves with if they had been more willing to depart with some of their younger arms. And if you're truly all in for this season and the near future, I have to think you're a little bit more comfortable letting go of certain guys. And, you know, that could even include guys that might have seemed previously untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be interested. And I, I mean, now, especially like with this shakeup, it's like, well, I do hope that because this is happening and you pointed out earlier that there will be a little more, I guess, boldness in spending money and in trading some people. Um, you know, I think personally, I got comfortable with what we what we had, because even though maybe it, was, it definitely wasn't perfect, it was working. You know, they got to the playoffs, even though it was it was messy. It was working. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, I think had it been a, a full season, I don't know that they would have. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of things missing and that was proven over and over again. So yeah. th- that'll be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. Because at this point now, I went from like, oh, I think this will happen, this will happen. And now <laughs> after that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know shit. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's totally wide open. And I think that's why it's going to be a very interesting off season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I every every year, Major League Baseball teams claim that they don't have any money and then two or three teams end up spending a hell of a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I don't ever buy that argument. Um, and I know that that's something that they're already kind of saying this year. It's like, oh, you know, we don't have any money because of COVID and we couldn't have any fans in the stadium and there's no guarantee that we'll have fans next year. So it's going to be a tight year for everyone. And it's like, no, it's really not. It'll be fine. Um, you know, yeah. the, the Dodgers always find a way to spend. The Yankees always find a way to spend. Um, the, they're, the teams that actually want to win this year will spend the money. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to influence the Sox more than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of look at some of the um, not lower tier, but maybe some of the off the, the radar guys that make sense for the Sox where they have a lot of upside, but they wouldn't be um, someone that the Sox have to get into a bidding war with. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the Sox haven't really won any major bidding war in, in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it's pretty crazy because it is like in a... Like, how good could we be if we did, if we did try, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's pretty impressive that it has gotten this far. That's when it comes down to ownership. And, you know, that's why, once again, if if I'm Han, I'm like, all right, I, I brought in your guy. Let me have some money. Yeah. It's going to be the last dance all over again. Except maybe they will not make it to the World Series. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, they will. Yeah, I hope so. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, no matter what all of this, you know, and there's a lot of different opinions, and there should be. Like, we're not a monolith. Um, but I think that's ultimately the thing when I see, like, some infighting and people getting mad at each other. It's like, we all want the same thing roughly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just we have different philosophies on how to get there. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's important. Like as we're going through this and talking about all the issues, like you know, it's important to remember we all want the same thing. We all want like good things for the dudes playing and for the organization. And how we get there will be interesting. So I think, yeah, I just remain like open, skeptically open. Like I'm very skeptical about this, but I'm open to it um, as we go through this. It's, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> they Look keep at it you interesting. Bringing the the good vibes and you know <laughs> trying to bring the people together. We all want the <sighs> same thing. Can't we all get along? We're all I'm humans trying. here. We are all humans, even though <laughs> some of us have bad takes. how it is it's life it's life out there out there in these mean streets (laughs) yeah um but yeah i feel like i was gonna say something else and now i forgot what it was i'm sorry i didn't mean to distract you (laughs) no okay no it was something uh... nope it's gone just like that it's gone just like the white Sox chances at Getting certain free agents. I hope not. But who do you think, like, seriously, do you think that, though? That they'll lose out on free agency? Yeah. Uh, I think it makes it harder. I, I have to be honest. I think it makes it harder. Um, if you're... I guess I look at it in terms of um, most of the free agents, you know, free agency is shifting. It's not, you're not going to see, I don't think anyway, you're not going to see five, seven, 10 year deals anymore. It's going to be front loaded two to three year deals. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of look at it the way that the NBA has gone where Mm -hmm players will go to cities or destinations specifically because of the coaching. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, I, I think my only concern is that if the Sox continue to keep Tony LaRusso and basically in a bubble and just have Rick Hahn go out there trying to negotiate everything, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it needs to be, an obvious concerted effort where it's Larusa talking to the guys that they're trying to bring in and him talking about his philosophy with the players, um, Han being a part of those discussions and really kind of doing a similar red carpet treatment that they did with the, um, when they tried to acquire um, Manny Machado and, and to a lesser extent um, Harper mm-hmm. um, a few years ago, because I just, if you're signing, unless it's just stupid money, if I'm looking at the landscape, I would say to myself, okay, I don't know why I would sign with the White Sox over the Yankees or over, you know, most, you know, the Dodgers or mm-hmm. over a lot of these teams where they already have established winning cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, before the the before the Larusa hire, there was an element of certainty to the franchise where everybody was talking about, "Hey, this is this is a franchise that's doing it the right way. They're on a bright path. They they look really good. They have all these young players that are there, and 
you know, Keuchel's talked about it and McCann's talked about it. It's like they've, they've actively said, you know, that's what appealed to me and I wanted to be a part of it. And now you throw this into the mix and it just adds uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think for anybody to, and obviously professional is a completely different level, um, but anybody that's ever played sports, whether it was high school, college, amateur stuff, anything like, you know, how important that coaching relationship is. So that's like next level when you're a pro. And if, especially if you're a player looking to grow, if you're a younger guy, like I can imagine how that, not only all of the other things you mentioned, but like having that, the right staff in place that, you know, is going to support you and you're going to keep learning. Like that's huge. Mm-hmm. So I can, yeah, I can totally see that point um, in all of this. Cause you know, it, as well as the White Sox have been doing lately, it's not like they're that far removed from the chaos that used to happen in the clubhouse where you had, uh, you know, um, Chris Sale cutting up jerseys and fighting <laughs> and Jeff Samarja going into other clubhouses and trying to fight. And, you know, you got people that are looking up to the 12 year old boys in the locker room that are supposed leaders. And it's just like, you know, it, it, it was total chaos. And no, I don't think Larusa would let any of that slide. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like when you talk about a culture of a team, those like you need to be able to control that culture and that message and kind of energize your guys in a positive way. And mm-hmm. if you can't do that, it, it's very obvious how quickly things can dissolve. Yeah, yeah, totally. And even though like right now, yeah, it has been good. Um, yeah, I could see that quickly devolving and then you know they're so young for the most part that they are and yeah. you know they're they're going to be stupid and they're going to make <laughs> mistakes and i that i mean realistically it's like you know you, you got guys like Luis robert yohan mancada and e, e, even eloy to a certain extent and it's like they haven't been a part of winning baseball culture for very long Mm -hmm. and 162 games is going to be drastically different over the season that was played this year and Mm -hmm. those slumps are going to be potentially longer and the grind between series is going to be harder and i you know if you got captain red ass steering the ship it, (laughs) it it may not be something that they necessarily do well with and that that can spell trouble and you know that that's where that's where the interpersonal makes a difference and and you know not to keep saying the same thing over again but i really do think that the at the very least the Sox are going to have to go on a pr offensive to make it look like they're all on the same page even if they're not yeah no i agree and it looks like they've been trying to do that a little bit so far. Although I guess right now it seems more like they're trying to kind of like convince. Uh, yeah. Like they're to... convincing themselves. That yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I swear like, this was a good idea. Please, please get excited. Yeah. 
You yeah, know, it's like the, the it's the like the Jeb Bush gif where he's like, please clap. <laughs> please clap. You know, that's just that's Rick that Conn right perfect. now. It's like, hey, please clap. Please yes, be that is that is the perfect thing. <laughs> um. So yes, that is a good point. And then also there was that email that they sent out to everyone yesterday, where uh, it had you know, welcome Tony Larissa, our new manager. But then it had aj Hinch's by AJ signature. Hinch. <laughs> yeah what is up with that that i've got so many questions about that beyond like so as you know tommy you well you and i used to work together but uh we did some marketing things and that's mm-hmm. like my worst nightmare but then like when you consider like how did this happen like they said they didn't interview anybody else yeah so it's like is that a lie did you or like no. how did this get in here I mean, I I think what probably happened is that everybody in the organization knew that AJ Hinch was the managerial, the primary managerial choice, and they probably mm-hmm. already had a template ready to go with his uh, image and signature. And when they did the Larusa hire, they you know had to do that last second scramble that you and I know so well. Mm-hmm. and swap out all the graphics and the images and the text. And oh. that is the one thing that probably got missed. I mean, that's genuinely what I think happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I was looking at that and I was like, I mean, one, it's hilarious and sad. Like it's very, I'm like, yes, this sums up everything. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, you know, there's that like, Oh, this is my worst nightmare. And I can see how things like that happen. But Okay, I was like, I wonder if there's anything else behind this. Um, I don't think some people I saw were speculating, like, oh, somebody probably did it on purpose. Like, no, I don't. No, that's a pretty bold move. Um, but yeah. I do feel bad for whoever did do it because I know they're probably like, oh no, <laughs> exactly. And and that's why, like, anybody that says that it was done on purpose um, probably doesn't work in marketing because you you. <laughs> like your job well enough to usually not do things like that even if you're pissed off yeah well that is good that's why you have people proofread your stuff even if yeah. you've seen it a thousand times <laughs> that was definitely a very like this sums up things perfectly during this it does <laughs> it absolutely yeah. does well thank you for stuff. joining me on this delightful podcast well, thank you for having me and being a great radio voice because otherwise I would just be like rambling aimlessly (laughs) (laughs) Um, we'll have to do it again sometime and you know keep the Killer Bees moniker going hell yeah Killer Bees that's right I'm going to put like some really bad rap music over this now (laughs) good it's going to be amazing you definitely choose that because with air horns and fireworks sounds (laughs) exactly (laughs) perfect <laughs> good. Um, I'm glad. So yeah, on that note, have a good weekend, everyone, and happy Tony, Tony Larusa day. Yeah, just in time for Halloween, so you can exactly get Tony Larusa forever. Yes, that's our new club. Let's get tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.